I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What, what, um, just while we're talking about pasta, what, what, what type of pasta do you think Louis Theroux likes? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't really know what type of pasta Louis likes. I don't know if he would even like pasta. I think he's he's sort of a bit healthier now, isn't he? Would you not say that? Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out, are they really worthy of the hype? They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Will and I'm joined as always by Hugh, who I've just done a perfect impression of. Hi Hugh. Hi Will, how are you? Yeah, that sounded exactly like me, actually. And uh, are you going to continue or are you going to go back to being you? Oh, I don't really know. Um... I think I'll probably just go back to Will. I really am so sad about how much that made me laugh and also how much it, it tricked me. I was like, oh, what a fucking idiot. He said the wrong name. Oh, that's so funny. That's all I've got. I'm going to sign off the call now. <laughs> Look, Hugh, Will, whichever one of us you are, I'm very mm. excited this week because we have a guest that I'm most excited about so far. And I do say that every time, but each time the be- the guest is beaten the last guest. So, yeah safe ground at the moment from now on we're fucked um but our special guest this week is stand-up comedian author and impressionist josh berry you may know him from his uh, countless impressions his stand-up or from his 2020 book staggering hubris please welcome the big jb is that how you like to be introduced i like yeah that uh, that's really great that was um that was so white uh <laughs> as, as an introduction that was that was great that was so clever what you did at the start Hugh, with with uh, that's uh, uh, you were like five steps ahead of me there. That was brilliant. I'm not gonna lie. I thought of it on the way home today, and I laughed for minutes on end. <laughs> and so I was like, This is great. And I really wanted to tell someone about it, but I was like, I can't tell anyone about it. It's the first joke I've ever had on the podcast. Have you that ever done really a Josh good. Berry impression? Because I think that's like the next step of your career, right? Mm. Oh, I don't know if I. I don't know if I'm that interesting to 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 listen back to. I'm quite a boring, just a sort of you know posh pathetic disgrace okay good start the listener is like oh this guest is going to be fantastic to listen <laughs> no wait to. wait sorry by the way who have you got on next after me who's going to be better then uh who have we got have we got anyone next no We've i got... think that's why it's safe to say that this is this is our last episode so i'm the actually. i'm the pinnacle yeah you're yeah. you're headlining the podcast it's game over from here <laughs> have you ever done an impression of will josh and if not, I'd like you to do it now. No, I don't know if Will's famous enough to do an impression of. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, I think he's just pleased you said you don't know if he's famous enough. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> that was huge for me. I'm putting that on the fucking poster. They're not, um, the impressions are not, unfortunately, they're not the type of thing you can just sort of do off the bat. And I've had, to, I've been asked to do them off the bat on podcasts and stuff. I got asked to do Jamie Lang a few weeks ago. 
and I put no effort or preparation to it and it was just awful because <laughs> because it takes like so much time to like to to get one sort of like taking a really well refined and honed skill and just be like oh do it now but a bit different actually <laughs> you play football really really well could you just do some tennis really good as well please it's it, it, well yeah it's a weird one is is it maybe is it a bit like asking a comedian you know, tell us a joke is it a bit like that i don't know Go on, then yeah except except it's not just that it's <laughs> tell us a joke about this thing that i'm thinking about right. that i might not tell you about or maybe i will yeah well look by the end of the episode you'll have me flawless i'm sure so okay yeah i, well, I think you'd be easier to do them well but i think we're, all right we're... <laughs> all right no no i I'm taking that as an insult. Could be either, but I'm taking it as an insult. I think insult. it should be a compliment. You've got a lovely uh, caricature-y voice. <laughs> yeah, it's an insult, all right. <laughs> no <laughs> one's added... ever called someone a caricature in a positive way. No, but he added the he added Y to it at the end. And Y yeah. can both be a consonant and an insult. I've got a very cold-filled voice at the moment. I feel I've got... It's actually great because I was, I was singing a song earlier and, God, I can hit notes only heard by wolves. Like, I can get so much lower... Than I'm normally yes. able to. So I I had that. It, I was I was really ill in October, and I um like my voice went down like an octave, and I could do I can't do this now. But you know the guy who says EA Sports is in the game. Oh yeah. Like, I'd never been able to do that my whole life, and suddenly <laughs> I could do it, and I was like, this is this is a red letter day for. for I love that. That's the one impression you were chasing. Yeah. yeah. EA Sports. It's in the game. That's good. Thanks very much. Have you seen it? There's like a, there's like I'm obsessed with it for some weird reason. There's this compilation on YouTube where like like it's all the different years, like all through like the, the like the nineties into the noughties. And it's oh my god, it makes me feel so alive. I love it. <laughs> Is it the same guy who does it? Yeah. Yeah, he's a Canadian guy called um Oh, something Anthony is his second name. And he's just got the most amazingly deep voice mm. i'm i'm so interested in that because it's just it's just so far from what i could conjure up um as a voice person um mm. and you know yeah i mean he'll he'll be so minted from just saying he sports us in the game yeah it's a very short amount of syllables to have made so much money and it will be so much money speaking of so much money it's time to introduce our producer, Michael. Hi, Michael. I'm not sure how you managed to restrain yourself from interrupting and telling us about the Let's Get Ready to Rumble guy, because that's one of your three stories. <laughs> I was going to say, okay, so I, I generally sit on the sidelines at the start of the episode, let, you know, let things get, let things get going, let them marinate. But um, I actually Googled it there. Um, so uh, when you talk about the EA sports guy making a lot of money, the guy who came up with the phrase, let's get ready to rumble, a very, a very, very specific phrase that basically can only be shouted at the start of boxing matches, and because he trademarked it only by him. Do you want to give a, do you want to give a guess at how much he made from that? Just, just throw out a figure there, how much he made from that phrase. His name is Michael Buffer. 40 mil. Yeah, sounds like a wild figure. How could you make that much money? It's actually 10 times that. He made $400 million from that phrase, which is unbelievable. Every time I look language. at it, I'm like, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's so good, though, because he has done nothing. <laughs> like, he's done, he has not contributed anything. Without that phrase, the world would be fine, you know? I it's need amazing. to do that with um, the phrase, oh, mate, that's absolutely dusty. Turn that up. What is that garage? Because <laughs> that's become a meme. <laughs> The, something that I created, I mean, it's. Yeah. But all these children steal it, and <laughs> like I'm like fuck you, and and they they do it on TikTok, and then in the comments, like people are like, oh my god, this is so funny, how'd you come up with it? And they're like, oh, I literally don't know, I just uh, I just thought of it. And you're like, no, it's fucking me. Yeah, how you do need you to feel get... about that sort of development of like this is gonna get real boring and serious, but like of just the abject theft of like intellectual property because you you're so like prolific which i always pause before that word because it sounds like a negative word but it's positive <laughs> prolific on social media depends on like, what you're prolific at yeah, yeah 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 that's true but you make so much stuff and i see it sometimes where i'm like that's that's josh that's not you you child it's it's weird isn't it though because i think it's kids it's not other if it was another comedian i'd be like fuck you like you're you're a knobhead Oh, but... really? Because I've written a book called Staggering Hubris. <laughs> <laughs> it's about me, though. It's H-U-G-H-B-R-I-S. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I think when it's like kids, like kids don't really understand about plagiarism and TikTok's a very different beast. And 
You know, mm. I, I think if someone... The reason it doesn't... It annoys me a bit because when they claim to have done it. But sometimes you can be kind of doing um, a tribute act to something you've enjoyed. Mm. And also, like, I've definitely watched, like, comedians who I really love. And sometimes you copy bits that they've done not even consciously you just do it because you thought that was funny and your brain is like being like oh i've squirreled this away because i liked it and then you do it so i don't know i don't i don't actually like hate those people but it's um there's something there is something a little bit annoying about people kind of ripping yeah. stuff i don't know yeah yeah um so what are we talking about this week michael so this week we are we are talking about uh, impressions we're asking if they're a legitimate like <laughs> that's um, the most lazy low-key like and we'll introduce the episode now um, usually you're so excited and today yeah, yeah. sounds like you want to die michael all right all right all right this week uh we're asking even impressions. is that the top of your fucking energy <laughs> <laughs> you, you rallied yourself like that was gonna be like ladies and gentlemen but it no, wasn't you know what i'm i'm calling it at two goes uh will i would now like you to do michael introducing the show uh, this week we're talking about the impressions. Uh, okay, here's a quiz. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Yeah, well, you're right. Will normally we do go straight into a quiz um, uh, to to work out how much we know about the topic at hand, but it doesn't really make sense for impressions. So what we're actually going to do uh, is we're going to do a little bit of an impressions test. When Michael uh, says it doesn't make sense for impressions, <laughs> that's just. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered writing a quiz. Yeah, basically, like, basically. You couldn't ask questions about impressions. Could, couldn't think of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing came to mind. Can I ask um, you some questions about impressions? Yeah. I'm interested yeah. to know what... Um, so, firstly... And by the way, I, I come at this subject uh, ambivalently anyway. It's important for you okay. to know. I'm not like... Uh, I wouldn't even actually necessarily call myself an impressionist because I... I, I don't know. I, I like, I've, I'm not sure like how much I like the term... Do you like impressions? Are they, are they something that you enjoy, or do you find them tiresome, or like, how do you feel about impressions? I love them. <laughs> yeah, I think like really good impressions are amazing, you know. Yeah. And I think what yeah. tends to happen is you find, I think you tend to find someone who you like, you know. Like, there's a yeah. guy who got big in the last couple of years, whose name I've forgotten. What's his name, Michael? The guy from The Walking Dead. Um, is it Ro- Ross? Mark Zombie Ron? number five. Yeah, Ross Marcant, who's an yeah. American guy, and he's oh, him, just yeah, great. Yeah, 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 and he yeah, does yeah. great. And I guess again, it's all, but it's all about what people do because, like, you don't actually want to hear someone do Robert De Niro recite a whole paragraph, whereas he does. Mm. He does two things which Take I love. Notes. One is Tom Hiddleston. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One is is what he calls nano impressions. And so it's literally like just two seconds. And like he has like, you know, James Gandolfini with something stuck in his teeth. And it's literally like, (sighs) and that's it, you know, or the other one he does then, which again, he's not the only one, I'm sure, is to to repurpose lines from movies, but done by other actors, you know, so Brad Pitt doing the speech from Jaws or whatever else. So I think you find people that you like, Um, like I always liked Alistair McGowan when I was growing up, you know, he was one of the guys who was out there and then Mm. Ronnie Ancona was great as well. Yeah, she was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I guess the short answer is I'd really like them when they're done well. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And there's something inherently funny about like a bang on impression of someone else. It's Mm. just funny in and of itself. And I can't really explain that, you know, there's something very compelling about it. Yeah. I feel like it's like using, uh, a shared understanding and a shared experience but not talking about it but going like here's the thing but i think the thing about that like james gandolfini with something in his teeth i think the thing that makes that brilliant obviously the impression is good right but the writing or the the comedic brain behind that this is where i Mm. find it difficult to answer that question josh because a i like you and i like your shows and b i'm like I do like impressions, but I'm like, what is it that makes me actually laugh about them? Because mm. someone's sitting on the Graham Norton sofa and been like, isn't it weird that I can do this? And it's like, everyone can do that. You're just on but Graham Norton. But don't you sofa. think, and I, will, and I will say it's obviously Tom Hiddleston you're referring to. Um, what? Don't you think? <laughs> but don't you think in that instance, the reason that people bristle at that... Actually, I think there are two reasons that people bristle at that, that specific thing I think you're referring to with him talking, doing De Niro to De Niro is that firstly the De Niro is, is, is not great that he's doing. <laughs> no, like it's no. bang average. And yeah. the second thing is that he goes on for so long, right? He goes on for about 45 seconds. 
And I think the rule, and this is what you're talking about, Hugh, like with, 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 with nano impressions, like the rule is much more than 20 seconds, unless mm. you've got gags and unless it's becoming funnier or it's developing in some sense, mm. more than 20 seconds, that like you, you'll do all you need to do. I think, yeah, and in, the in better it is, the less you need to do as well, right? Like if you can capture someone in two words or a gesture or whatever, yeah. then it's a really good impression. And, it, and at the end of the day, you know, it's not necessarily about 100% accuracy, you know? Like, no, I mean, Ross Marquand has, I can't even remember who it is, but it's like someone holding back a sneeze. And you're like, I mean, that's a ridiculous impression. It's obviously, like, it's no different to anyone else. But he mm. does, you know, he has, he's very good with his facial stuff as well. So, like, you suddenly mm. see the, the Nicholson... expressions, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Nicholson eyebrows or something, you know? And then you're like, yes, of course that's Jack Nicholson holding back a sneeze, mm. you know? So, yeah, it's not about that. It's about finding something else in them, I guess. A bit like Jim Carrey. Do you remember, have you ever seen Jim Carrey's Unnatural Act when he's 27? It's in the 90s. Is, and he's, is this uh, where he does Clint Eastwood? Is yes, he does Clint it's Eastwood, James unbelievable. Dean, yeah. and um, Jack Nicholson, I think. And he literally, yeah. he, he makes his face their faces. And I've, <laughs> it's, it's, it is, un, the unnatural act yeah. is so aptly, like it's such an apt name for a show because it's, it's, it's like supernatural how he manages yeah. to do it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, yeah, I was I was gonna say he 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 does it and he does it slowly as well. Yes. For the Clint Eastwood one, his face just slowly morphs into the face of Clint Eastwood, and it's it's incredible. It's like I don't know, you know, in Harry Potter where they have the polyjuice potion. It's genuinely like the way yeah. he changes his face is like it's it's just it's amazing. It's really yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. What we're gonna do to work out um, what 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 levels of of sort of impression skill we've got here is. I'm going to give you guys three different scenarios. This is in lieu of a quiz. I'm going to cast you in them. And I want you to give your best shot. Now, what I will say when I say your best shot, obviously, Josh, I expect you to absolutely crush this. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's fine. It's well, really more about how well I can do. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, well, I, I love how you said you like doing impressions off the bat. So there, there we go. Um, yeah. My so, aunt, Gemma. <laughs> she's worked in a bakery for I 12 years. Actually, Josh opened <laughs> yeah. this by saying... Essentially, I hate it when podcasts do this to me. <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. People be like, "Oh, can you do me?" And I'm like, "Come, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? Can I do you? No, you're boring." So, scenario one, okay. So, Jonathan Ross is going to be Josh. Okay, uh, wow. has got Jack Nicholson and Tom Hanks on the couch, and uh, and uh, so I'm going to give Jack Nicholson to Hugh. And uh, Will, I'm going to give you Tom Hanks. And Will, you're going to get bonus points if Tom Hanks is in character. Are we all, are we all clear what we're doing here? Oh, and again, I don't, I don't you know? even know how well I can do Jonathan. Okay, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Okay. Can someone do the, can someone do the music intro? Or just shall I do? It's Jonathan Ross There's coming like, to you live. Do, 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 do. Hello, everybody. It's me, Mr. Jonathan Ross. And then everyone's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, everybody, we've got an unbelievable lineup of guests tonight. Hey, Mark, we've tonight, everybody. It's Mr. Tom Hanks, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, never spoken like this before. <laughs> You've covered yourself there, Will. Well done. I can't, I can't really remember how the rest of the show goes, but uh, well, let's, uh, let's introduce Tom Hanks and Jack Nicholson, everybody. Uh, Jack Nicholson, welcome to Jonathan Ross Show. Take a seat on the bloody hey sofa. There, Jonathan, nice to see you. <laughs> Oh well, uh, Let me get my I've just, just going again. It's about 1993, I suppose. So, <laughs> so we're all ordering toast, right? Uh, I, I, I don't really know how to end. Anyway, join us after the bike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, end scene. How was that? Okay. Well, yeah, I'll tell you I what. Might okay, we might just give Josh a few notes on his impressions. <laughs> I kind of feel you weren't keeping up with us, Josh. Just in terms of getting the flow of the conversation. So just try to just stay up, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what. I'm going to give you guys the point for that, but it is, I want you to know it's entirely for what Josh did, okay? What's the criterion for the point? Is it just accuracy or...? It's, 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 it's just me. I'm very subjective. Okay, and, yeah, uh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, quite so, vindictive as well. So, <laughs> yeah. what, character did you, what character did you want Tom Hanks to be playing? Um, I don't know. You could when do... Is, uh... When has anyone ever gone on the Jonathan Ross show in character? <laughs> Um, yeah, Alan Partridge. True. Alan Partridge. I stand oh, corrected immediately. I look like an idiot. Next question. How about next scenario? Okay, right. So we got um, three Scotsmen. Again. Three Scotsmen who are uh, 
disagreeing over who's the most Scottish, okay? So we've got Sean Connery, who's Hugh, uh, Billy Connolly, who is Will, and then I'm going to give Andy Murray to Josh. Oh, okay. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's a funny thing! <laughs> You think you're Scottish, but you're not, Andy. You're fucking not. No, no, just wait, wait a second, because like I think we'd all agree that you know, like I'm definitely the most Scottish here. Like without a doubt. It's super boring, though. It's just super. You're just saying like Andy Murray having a shit. All your time on a fucking tennis court in London, man. Just because I shuffled off the mortal call. I actually think I do a great Andy Murray, which is just. Uh, uh, <laughs> mm, I, th- I think you're coming a bit. So forgive me, Hugh, if this sounds uh, you, you, you're making what I would call a classic Murray mistake. There, if if you forgive this, um, Mush- people classic Murray mistake actually. <laughs> I would say people... that particular sh- shadow syllables. I've gone Dutch. Oh no, I went Dutch. It always that happens. Andy- I thought you'd gone back to Sean Connery there. Was that? Yeah, I had. I had. Okay, yeah. Oh, God. Dutch Sean Connery. <laughs> No, but the, the yeah, problem Sean, Andy... Connery. Sean Connery from Amsterdam. <laughs> Sorry, come on, tell me, tell me what was wrong with Your my name's person. Bond, yeah. James Bond, and let me tell you, we got some great, some great marijuana and prostitutes over here, and uh, <laughs> in MI6. I call them sex workers these days, Josh. No, the 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 Andy Murray mistake is that you know the the problem is that often people sort of do Andy. They hear that he's so low energy, and so what they do is they do him quite sort of like low. So they'll be like, "Oh, I'm so tired." Or but actually, Andy's voice is quite a lot higher than you'd think. It's actually hey sort of maybe like an octave. It's it's, it's not split the difference. Well, like Herbert the pervert from uh, Family Guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's also he's not a southern belle. No, I know. I was going Blanche Dubois. Well, <laughs> So are we two for two, Michael? You, two for two, but very clear. It's only for Josh, right? Okay, you hey. guys do You're not oh, even I getting the, the points. I thought the Billy stage. Connolly was good. I thought that was... Thanks, right. Josh. Yep, perfect. All right, so, we'll get half, so, we'll sorry, get okay. half a point. Michael, you just let us know when you're going to join the party, okay? <laughs> As opposed to just being like, well, you guys are terrible, but my lovely <laughs> guest Josh is amazing. <laughs> That's a perfect Michael, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> Josh, like tell me other me. things. Let me count the ways I love things. <laughs> do you do that with your um? Do you do that poem with your with your students? Yeah, it's a bit, bit raunchy, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, but is it is it sexual that one? It's Shakespeare, Josh. Everything Shakespeare is <laughs> sexual. Sexual as hell. I really okay. Satan. Scenario three, right? Oh, Jesus. We've got Boris Johnson who's going to be Will, Ooh. Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's going to be Josh, and then for some reason, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, who's going to be Hugh. They're all uh, trying to decide what movie to watch. And if, if you wouldn't mind, Josh, at the end, Jimmy Carr finds this whole situation amusing. Oh, okay. I can, I can <laughs> I tell what you're angling that. for. Okay. <laughs> well, Aww. I think that we should watch one of my favourite films, which <laughs> is um, Two Girls, One Cup. It's a lovely, uh, really... <laughs> sorry, I can't believe I've said that. No, That's no, sorry. I, I think, uh, Jacob, you're uh, very, very good. Uh, my favourite film as well. We watched it a lot at Eden. Uh, Arnie, are you a fan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, perfect. Oh. perfect. One syllable perfection. <laughs> there you go. Did that, did that Amazing. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you How for telling us that. Wow. So, obviously, top marks for Josh. Right, okay, there. I've said it. I said it. I committed to it. Hugh, your micro impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger very impressive. Well, well done. Well done. George. And Will. Can we, hear, can we hear it again? I didn't really hear it because I was too scared about saying uh, but Nine. Doing Nine. <laughs> That does, I think that's a bad Arnie. I think it's a good. Need, I think he needs more Austrian, right? It would be like nine, yeah. nine. Yeah. See there, that's how you do it. <laughs> we've had a we've had a a masterclass there, I suppose, in how to do and not do uh, impressions. Um, Josh, I suppose can we can we ask you? So as you said, it's not it's not easy just to just to hit them right off the bat. So how do you go about creating an impression? Do you, how do you start from scratch? Do voices just um, kind of latch themselves onto you? What what do you do? Mm. It's a good question. I don't really, I'm not really sure if I can, how good an answer I can give you. I guess often um, I'm very like interested in people, I think. 
I probably get quite obsessed with people actually if I'm being completely honest like people who I really like I, f- I find them really fascinating and I can like really sort of drink in a lot of a person I'm, I'm sounding a bit like some sort of stalker or weird oh yeah yeah it sounds so, like you've got skeletons yeah, in the closet yeah yeah, yeah but yeah it's fine but no like um I don't know like people that I really rate or like I yeah I, I you kind of you pick up little details with with someone who's interesting to you and and often voice is is quite a big part of that um but yeah i don't know i'm quite I, I i like watching people i find people very interesting i think a lot of comedians don't really give a shit about people <laughs> no they give a shit about <laughs> one person right, right exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no but it's true right that's the yeah. that's the idea with a lot of comics they just they they're just very kind of within themselves Whereas I've always like found people. That's one of the aspects of like stand-up comedy that I find really interesting. It's like how, um, how is this operating in the minds of the people that are hearing it and experiencing it, and why, and and how does that work, and like what what is it about them that means this works, rather than what is it about me as much. Mm. And so it's it's people you like or you you take in a lot of. Um... But but a lot of your your impressions, or certainly shall we say your caricatures, are used for sort of satirical purposes, right? So that's 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 it's more of a negative kind of fascination you've got with certain, I guess, political advisors, well, that, etc. Inter- well, that's interesting. But I think I don't know if it's necessarily you can use someone or something as a satirical vessel and not necessarily hate them. Like so, mm. my Ray Fubris political advisor, Clappermite character. Like, I wouldn't say I hate, like, I've been around those people and I just find mm. them kind of funny. They're just sort of like, because mm. they're so ridiculous, but they're not like without charm and they're not without charisma. I feel yeah. a lot of things towards those people. I find I, they can be not very nice, not very empathetic, but they can also be quite funny and charming and charismatic, but mm. then also like vulnerable in an interesting way. So I feel like a combination of like, interest but also pity but also respect do you know what i mean i, I so mm. yeah i don't know if it necessarily is always negative and also a lot of those caricatures come from like elements of myself as well that i think it might be interesting or funny to put into something yeah but i think yeah i think um it's interesting though like when you're talking about doing impressions or or, or at least creating comedy characters or caricatures or whatever people like to sort of view it as a as an insult or like as if it undercuts it to be like oh that's just you i can just tell you're just being your you're you're just the character you're playing and it's like yeah but that doesn't i don't think that undermines what you're saying or doing it, it um of course it's going to have some relation to yourself in the same way that like coogan and partridge i'm pretty sure coogan's spoken about that how like there are massive elements of him in yeah, in yeah, Alan yeah. partridge uh, yeah 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 I think he's. It's a really interesting one because everyone has always sort of said, "Oh, but I mean, he must have a huge amount of input into the writing." And he's always said, "No, I, I really don't." You know, like yes, of course, the the characteristics and the idiosyncrasies. But I mean, he's always just said, "No, the writing has just been pure gold from the." I think it's two guys who write it. And, yeah, the uh, Givens brothers. Yeah. Yeah, and and he just says, "No, I mean, I it's, this does not need my input. I'm I'm playing the character they give me and." Yeah, like any actor, he's going to put his own bits into it, but he's, it's not like he's coming up with it. He knows what he's been given there. But I think it's an interesting one, though, as well, because someone who I didn't mention, who I absolutely loved when I was growing up, was Rory Bremner. Mm. And Bremner, Bird and mm. Fortune had their show, which they used to do every week. And I, But the, my favourite bit of that, so obviously Bremner did Blair and Brown and all the various ones, and Bird and Fortune did various others. But my favourite one was always, they had a little, I don't know if they did it every week, but they had a little sketch where... Uh, Bird, I think, interviewed Fortune. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. Bird was a BBC interviewer, and Fortune was usually a character called Parr, and he mm. was sometimes a politician. He was sometimes a general. And the general, and it's a famous one during the Iraq War, you know. And they did these incredible, and they were absolutely brilliant. But of course, no one knows this person. This person doesn't exist. It's not like, like yes. you know, we like seeing Rory Bremner do Blair, and we like seeing whoever do whoever it was. But it was more just that no, they're they're just using. Just making up a character, like like any I don't know playwright or actor or whatever, making up a character to allow them to tell the the story they want to tell. So mm. ultimately, mm. it's I don't know what point I'm trying to make here. I guess that they're not just <laughs> no, impressionists; they're actors as well. You know, actors and comedians. Yeah. But but I think I think also like that's a perfect example of how you can um, <clears throat> you can create a satirical vessel to say more interesting things about 
something you want to comment on than just doing an impression because doing an impression it's always a little bit shoehorned it's always a little bit awkward if you want to say something interesting and part of the reason why I don't do impressions as much and tend to do more characters is probably because I want to try and say something more or I want to be intellectually validated really if you're really stripping it back I want people to tell me I'm clever um, but fundamentally that's the that's the essence of it right it's like it's a more sophisticated mechanism to undercut things that you think are farcical whereas yeah super hard to do that in impressions speaking of uh being intellectually validated what do you think it would have been like if conor mcgregor was at the oscars and Chris <laughs> Rock made a joke about his wife oh my what did i what did i i'm trying to remember i haven't done conor mcgregor and yet you know i and also i should caveat this by saying that i i don't do him anywhere near as well as people like schaefer bates and al foran who both do him really well but it was something i remember is like Hey, shut the fuck up, yeah, you're a, you're a boom, you're an absolute boom, so, that's it, you know what I mean? So, it's like, spot on. This is all Michael wanted. It's, what do you think about, maybe, maybe it's because I've done them so much, but I get bored of impressions as well. That, do you ever, like, there are people who do impressions, and you, that is great. And you're like, oh, I can listen to that. Oh, I can listen to that a bit more. Or I can listen to that a few more times. And then maybe on the fifth or the sixth time, you're a bit like, that's a bit boring now. <laughs> do you do you find that, or is that just me? Yeah, unfortunately for you, Josh, I I don't get bored at all. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it comes back to the idea of yeah yeah well, you don't want to just hear an impression, but you want to hear someone who's created a thing. And like I say, I mean, sure. really, when you're whether it's you know. I'll bring it back to Bremner or Ross Marquand or those guys like they've written little plays that's what they've done they've written tiny little plays you know yeah so that's, that's, I guess that's art isn't it it's like where you can create something that's actually very scientific which is doing an impression which is you know really about constituent elements of a, of a voice and how you can regurgitate that and then kind of making that something artistic I remember the first time I saw Ahmed Jalili you know mm, and he, did, he was doing a show awesome. and it was in about 2000 and three or something and he comes on as an Iranian comic and we all and obviously he's half Iranian but we all are possibly I don't know he's, he's I think he's British but of Iranian uh, parentage but then yes, he comes on and he does his show as an Iranian comic and then halfway through he let he says oh, you know basically that's just a little character I'm working on you know Iranian comic blah blah, blah. <laughs> and he's this very very you know posh English accent but you're waiting for him to go back Yep. You know, there's a few minutes yeah. where you're like, okay, and then there just comes a point where you're like, okay, okay, right, he, he just got me for the first 25 minutes of the show, and it, it genuinely is such a long time, and then he goes yeah. into and it was just one of the greatest things I've seen, you know, that show is mm. up there mm. with me, and like, I think he's very funny, I think he's great, he's very charming, but I would never have him up there as one of my favourite comics, you know, but that individual show was just such a piece of genius that he was able to do right. on his uh, yeah, way up. But, but, I, but again, like that's a, for me a good example of someone doing... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even say an impression, like a, a character or like um, based on people's uh, kind of subconscious prejudices about how he yeah, looks yeah. and how he comes across and then using that to create something that's so much more interesting because he's he's laughed you're laughed you're laughed out of your own prejudice when you watch yeah. him in, in that context right and that's kind of what i would like to be able to do um or laughed out of our own idiocy or laughed out of whatever i laughed out of our own farce um that you know that we live in with the shows you're doing at the moment josh this might be an impossible question to answer but what do you feel like the demographic is of the people who come and see uh, rafe and is it who does it who do i think Rich. I am? who does he think he is Rich. Rich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Well, it's, I guess there are lots of different ways to, to um, answer that question. I would say politically, it's broadly, you know, people of my kind of political persuasion. So, you know, like left-leaning, centre-left sort of liberals. Um, but I would say I kind of play politically to the middle third. Like, so, and which is, which I think personally, I think is the ideal location to play as for a comedian because I think that's where the best comic ideas tend to come in in the liberal section of reasonably yeah yeah like the liberal section of left and right politics like I'm not advancing any right wing ideas but I also take pride in the fact that people who are like center right though I may not agree with them can come to the show and still laugh and mm. enjoy it um 
I wouldn't say they make up the majority, but I would say there are plenty of Tories who would come and and, and can still appreciate my Tory satire. Um, yeah, and and again, I think because we live in a black and white Twitter world, you know, the narrative is that anyone who votes Tory is evil, whereas right. obviously that's not the case. You know, sure. how, how do you? How do you tell their Tories when they're in the audience? Is it kind of blazers? Uh, I actually, well, yeah, that well, yeah. I mean, but also my character <laughs> kind of um, interrogates the audience to see if there are any Tories. Okay. So, in fact, I actually start okay. off by saying, "Do we have any in?" And then it's always enjoyable because there's there's such a character. You ask them what they do, and it's always like corporate finance or they're a solicitor <laughs> or whatever. Or, um, you know, it, so there's it's just quite an easy way to get the audience on side by ripping the piss out of someone for being posh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's so, an yeah. interesting one, though, because I remember hearing, um, I think it was a This American Life episode, talking about Stephen Colbert. And apparently Stephen Colbert, his the character he created, which is a ridiculous, you know, ridiculously exaggerated right-wing uh, Republican, is was was loved by both the left wing and the right wing. Mm. They 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 loved him, but but no, the suggestion was that the right wing were kind of like, yeah, no, we get that he's funny, but he's also got some good ideas coming through, you know. Whereas the left side were just kind of like, well, we're laughing at how ridiculous and appalling this person is, you know. But is but, but isn't that funny because mm. there's a whole um, Malcolm Gladwell does a podcast on this. It's called the Satire Paradox, I think. Um, and he talks about this exact issue and it, it, it occurred to it happened with uh, Harry Enfield as well. And, you know, he created loads of money and then he would literally have people who were loads of money coming to watch his shows and laughing at loads of money. And you sort of got the sense that, OK, maybe they're not quite appreciating the irony. Um, and I think that's very interesting because it kind of brings into question, like, what's the point of what you're doing? Is the point of what you're doing to drag that type of person down or is it to entertain um, I have plenty of people who probably believe some of what Rafe has to say, uh, for example. But they, yeah, I, so it, it's that kind of thing. They're like, well, you know, he's not being completely ridiculous. But it is quite funny because it's kind of me and it's kind of everyone else. But I think that that's, that's the joy. If you can create something that's sort of satirical, because satire relies on people inferring for themselves and filling in the blanks for themselves it allows you to have a bit more of a broad appeal because the left can be like, oh, we're, you know, joining up the dots and can see that he's actually on our side and the right can take it in the way that they want to take it. Um, I think it's also like a, the risk of saying this on a podcast where we're discussing it, but talking about it sort of ruins it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because yeah. it's, it's everyone can go and see a show and be like, have their, yeah, I don't know. That's very, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating, but it but it's and, good. I think it's uh, yeah. It's it's just it's just one form, isn't it? It's just one form of comedy. But it's I, I guess the best art like you it makes you kind of have your own relationship with it. And I think that's maybe one of the good things about creating a satirical character because there's a very easy way in to have your own kind of relationship with that person. How do you feel about, or is it just a topic that is in the current climate too problematic to approach? Uh, impressions of people of different races and I suppose uh, obviously yes. there are lots of different races like for example you can say it's a different race if you're Norwegian or if you're Irish sure but I, I suppose you, you know pe- people of color you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's you know it's a really it's a really really fascinating area and I um I try to play with that a little bit on stage in a way that I don't think makes anyone feel uncomfortable mm. um but <laughs> You know, I'm quite a big believer, and I'm saying this, and I don't have the bollocks to go and do it on a stage, and I wish I did, and I think one day I will, but I'm a big believer in, I think you can do most things. You can do nearly anything and say nearly anything on a stage if the framework is there such that it shows that you don't actually believe what you're saying Mm. and the audience Mm. all know that. And that can be quite difficult. But I've seen, for example, and I know he's obviously not a, a popular name or whatever, but Louis C.K. has done routines where he will create a framework so you know that there's one about a little yeah. old Chinese lady and he's imagining what the little old Chinese lady says in her head. And he's and then he's like, as the little old Chinese lady, he's like, she could be thinking anything. She could be thinking, oh, you know, black people steal. And he's like, that's what that racist Chinese lady thought. That's terrible. Yeah. She's a terrible racist. right? And that there's something so clever i thought about that and mm-hmm. that he's presenting an idea that's inherently problematic and is bigoted right 
but he's creating enough distance between the idea and himself. And the reason I invoke that is because I think there are ways that you could do that um, with impressions. A routine I've wanted to do for a while is, <laughs> you know, sometimes people get brain injuries and um, it's a bit of a shaky start to a, to a premise. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, sometimes people have brain Go injuries. Go on. <laughs> you, you know that one? That's pretty bloody hilarious, isn't it? Let's try and take off in fifth gear and see what happens. <laughs> that's how I do it. I just you jump into the pool with your clothes on. That's that's how I do it. Okay. Uh, no, but so sometimes people have brain injuries and they wake up from said brain injury talking in a completely different accent. Now, one of the things that really, 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 really cracks me up about this is that sometimes people wake up speaking in an incredibly like racist accent. They've they've internalized somewhere in their head this awful caricature of what a race or a specific type of person sounds like. And they're speaking about the awful emotion of losing an enormous part of their identity, but they're doing it in the most like exaggerated <laughs> version of like Jamaican patois or like, you know, Japanese and it's and I just find that hilarious and I just I just wanted to act that out because you've mm. got that you've got the framework there that obviously the whole audience knows how awful that is but there is something that's kind of funny because if anything the joke there is on white people but yeah I think I th- yeah I think that's the, the difficulty is that but at the end of it you know because and yeah and Louis CK and again for the other stuff he has done obviously which is pretty horrible but like I do think his he had a lot of stuff, a lot of material on race-related stuff, and I thought it was just so, so good, you know, it's mm. so well-observed and mm. so clever. Mm. And there are other comedians as well, like Anthony Jeselnik, you know, mm. pushes mm. the boat with various things as well. But I think it's, it's something where, again, you, there's no reason why, if you can do a perfect impression of, you know, black person or Pakistani person or Japanese person or Jamaican mm. person or whatever it is. Just make sure it's a specific person. And yet, no, but that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what helps. I mean, mm. you know? And and or yeah. even if you can do, like, the same way people will do, oh, well, I'll do an inner city Dublin accent. Well, if they can do an accurate, you know, inner city Abuja accent. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it. Right. But it's just that thing of, but it's just, you know... But, and, but then if and, you're... So, so, for example, if, let's say, I'm... So, a potential way to get around this, let's say I'm doing all this as my Rafe character and I'm playing Dublin, right? And I do a deliberately racist Dublin yeah. accent, but it's through the lens of a guy who mm. is deliberately racist. So the, the, the joke is on the white person, oh, sorry, on the yeah, English yeah. person doing that accent, right? Um, maybe that's okay, maybe it isn't, but it's that seems to sort of get us into territory that's a little bit more acceptable, or at least you yeah. can yeah. make more of an argument for it. Um, yeah, and yet, in a way, you could argue, well, that's just someone shoehorning in the sure. racist accent they want to do, sure. you know? Right, exactly. Whereas, whereas if you can do... I, I suppose, and the other thing is, like, even if you look at... and If you look at caricatures of, again, people of colour over the years and, like, you know, awful sort of cartoonish things that have mm. been done and people have written about about people in such racist ways. Whereas if your impression or your accent isn't leaning on sort of the offensive stereotype of it, Again, look, I guess the point I'm making is, yeah, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it, but maybe the sad but thing is today, you, yeah. just, well, you, you have to be a little more cautious about things. I, I think you do, but I, I also think, and, and yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and, and that's the thing, this is such a, it's such a complicated area, isn't it? And it's it's also one of those things where, you know, you could do a show, you could do 45 minutes of electric material, and then maybe you do that at the end, when you've got a real rapport with the mm. audience, and and then maybe some people go away from it thinking, oh, okay, actually, for me, he pushed that a bit too far, and other people are like, no, I don't think he did, because he put this in place, and this, this, and this in place. It depends whether you're the type of comedian who is like, well okay, that, that's what comedy should do. Comedy should make people maybe feel slightly uncomfortable. I don't know if I think that. I don't know if that's my view of comedy mm. necessarily. But I do, I do, what I do think is that sometimes it is interesting to go against people's preconceptions or say things that people wouldn't be able to say in kind of polite, normal social company. But I'm not... I'm not I, I, by saying that, I'm not kind of advancing that like you know, like Gervais' argument of like, oh, we should be able to, you know, say yeah. anything. Whatever. And, and speaking of polite, normal social company, what do you think it would be like if Frankie Boyle was waiting for an Uber? I, I haven't done Frankie Boyle in so long, you know. Hey, what, what, I can't, 
What the fuck's going on? I know. I just, I'm just. I'm just doing it as Billy Connolly there. It's, that's terrible. <laughs> I've lost Frankie. I'll just do it as Billy. Where's the Uber? <laughs> um, no, but just just on 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 that point though, I think it's it's yeah. I guess it depends on what you think comedy ought to do and whether whether or not you you should go there. Whether it's interesting to go there. Um, but I also think it depends on the race and the type of person you're speaking about, right? Like, you know, for example, doing a Japanese accent is surely less offensive than doing a Chinese accent, given the colonial history with China versus yeah, yeah. the colonial history with Japan, right? If, if we're being, if we're, if we're advancing that kind of argument, then surely, and yet people would feel a lot less easy about that whereas like if I did an Irish accent right in London because our yeah. our, hist- our history education in the UK is so shit regarding Ireland people wouldn't really care right well, even though yeah that's interesting it's because it's it's probably not problematic or it's not viewed in any way problematic for an Irish person doing an impression of an English person whereas an English person doing an impression of an Irish person often causes offence you know so it's it, it does but you uh, know what I actually don't, I, I, I think that there's not enough awareness in England, because mm. because our history syllabus is completely bereft of Irish history, mm. I don't think there's enough of an awareness that if if I went and did like a caricature of an Irish person, people no one would pull back. I don't think in a London club, or maybe pe- some people yeah, would yeah. pull back, but most people wouldn't. Whereas if I did a yeah. Japanese accent, yeah, like the whole room, it, that would be that would be hard to sort of pull them back from that. Mm. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Our current uh, Taoiseach, you know, our Prime Minister, Micheál Martin, when he was Minister for Foreign Affairs um, about 12, 15 years ago, he, uh, while speaking about trade with China, um, basically said that Chinese, he had spoken to Chinese politicians who said, and then did a Chinese accent of what these politicians had told him about trade with Ireland. Wow. And every now and then... I think about that. I remember that, and I'm like, "He's the T-shirt." <laughs> <laughs> is there something about having to like show a sort of like an understanding or a like sh- basically showing your working a little bit or showing your argument of being like, say, like the an example of like doing a Japanese uh, accent, for example, and then starting to speak fluent Japanese. You'd be like, oh, like there's a, there's a great Phil Wang bit where he talks about people doing accents. And yes, like, oh, I was thinking about that. When, yeah, 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 yeah. How does he do it? What does he say? Go on, Josh, do an impression. No, <laughs> no, no he just, he does a bit about how his, his, his um, hairdresser is, is Japanese. And he has this really funny bit where he talks about the, uh, the word, a word that he's learned, the Japanese guy's learned is, is whatchamacallit. But he doesn't say whatchamacallit. He says whatchamacallit. And I won't do the accent, but of course, Phil Wayne does it in a funny way. And he's like, some of you are pulling back, but there's no reason you can't do an accent like that. And I think I think I might be bastardizing the routine. Well, you tell me if I am. But I think he comes up with two, two criterion for doing an accent. He's like, one, it's fine if it's really good. If you've taken time to learn the dialect of the region and all that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And number two... Um, if they were, if the country in person was ever on the naughty side in the war, then I think you're all right. So yeah. Japan, that's kind of fine. And to be yeah. honest, that is that's what I I totally agree with. That that's what I feel. It's I'm too much of a coward to live by that premise on stage. But like I do like Dutch and French accents and all kinds of different things. But I yeah I do, I, I don't know. Uh, but I think he's right. Like I completely agree with Phil Wang. Yeah, a Belgian person doing a Congolese accent is worse than a Congolese person doing a Belgian accent. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it, but it's an interesting. I mean, you know, and I, 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 of course, have plenty of sympathy and agree with the argument that's like, well, you know, obviously historically you're, you're benefiting from things that your ancestors will have put in place that oppressed people historically. Um, but it's there's also there's also a point to be made about like yeah but to what extent are you reinforcing that by doing some sort of accent on a stage i guess maybe up to a point you are but mm. i don't know i don't know I'm, i i don't know and and i wonder and again but i can say this as someone who can just shout this from my my sofa obviously you know but the idea that and you often do to be fair yeah but just that you know and obviously it's good that people don't want to offend people but then suddenly everyone just tiptoes over everything you yeah know? and then is scared and 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 even you'll you'll get sort of people saying 
you know what I, I don't want to talk about that because I don't I don't know anything about that and I personally am from a place of privilege and blah blah, blah. and it's like right. yeah, great that you recognise you're from a place of privilege but isn't part of the problem that none of the people like you are talking about it the whole point is everyone should be talking about this you know? mm-hmm. but... yeah that, that that's the importance of free speech mm. right that it, it, it's an ongoing dialogue which crystallizes more sensible opinions yeah. because you you get through all the shit where people are saying dumb stuff and then you're like obviously not and yeah yeah but yeah. and also we, we you know you have to allow people to make gaffes that's how mm. we progress and so yeah. i do think broadly having a bit more of a freer but 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 it's difficult as well because some people are trying to actively spread bigotry comedy wise yeah. right like they they are relying mm. on lazy things and it, it's an interesting one if you know that that routine about doing that japanese accent that i'm that i'm talking about like whether some people would think that that is reinforcing bigoted mm. opinions or it's just a sort of funny bit of lightheartedness yeah. I don't but know. then i i also think it's really really great that now we're having a conversation where it's like hey how does it like how does it feel to receive that joke and comics thinking about how jokes will be received and actually the damage they can do i think it's so important for people to be standing on a stage saying something to have a conversation about it yeah like yeah. i don't necessarily seeing see it always as tiptoeing i i see it as being like oh let's take into account everything and will i still go ahead with this yes i will fine that you've made that decision but you've made an informed decision rather than just being like ah oh, be a bigot real loud yeah, yeah but i i think yeah. i think again i think the only problem there will is that there again it's the gray area in between you know because I, and I, 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 totally, I agree with what you're saying in terms of like, look, you ultimately decide any joke could offend any one person because you don't know what that one person has been through in the last... Like if someone has been through some horrible experience in the last day, something very simple that you say could right, could, exactly. could offend exactly. them, you know. And obviously in that case, I guess it's it's your point that, yeah, well, you decide, you make the informed decision to move on. But it it is that there is a, you know, there's a big gap between a bigoted comic and a comic who's scared to do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's uh, you know the the whole Jimmy Carr thing is interesting for that reason because his I think he would say uh, I, I think I'm representing him fairly his argument I think would be that he's taking the piss out of all people equally that's that's broadly I think how he views his own comedy um, and the question is is that it, it, does it become unbigoted when you're kind of being equally discriminatory. Um, or that, that, but is, isn't that a bit of a troubling doctrine because what do you do you're like okay well here are all the groups and I'm going to do one joke about this group and then one joke about this it, it seems a bit tokenistic that doesn't it I don't know yeah yeah and there are different jokes about him saying like oh white people are racist and then being like a particular group of people should be exterminated mm. like it is that's a, I don't know like it's, but also I didn't see him come for the billionaires I know it's I, yeah I, I, I don't know like I don't feel there's like enough jokes about like the actual elite do you know what I mean I don't I don't ever see a but and that's not that's not like absolutely not me throwing shade on Jimmy Carr I think he's a brilliant comedian um but I but yeah I don't know I think um there's not enough of that like Fuck it. I want to see people like nail Bezos and nail Musk and because you know, I think they deserve it. Yeah, because I, I, to be honest, the whole notion of comedians being scared to say anything sort of pisses me off. I like, I, I just don't buy it. I, I just think Do you know like, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I, I, I think because a lot of people say the stuff that you're quote unquote not allowed to say, and like, yeah. th- there are ways of exploring everything, and I, I think, I don't know. I, I just I think, don't like. I think that's true, uh, but you know what's interesting? Like, I so I I agree with you. Like on a stage, but I, like on a stage and online are two incredibly different things, right? Like, because on, sure. on on a stage, like I can, you know, we can all get a sense whether if an audience are feeling a bit uncomfortable with what you're saying, or you maybe pull back on that, or you could go harder on this, or, or whatever. You, you feel it out. It's like having a conversation with someone. You get a sense of like how they're doing. Um, online, I I I don't feel worried about saying anything on stage, really. But online, I I do genuinely because like, and this is not this is not me doing a massive rant about oh cancel culture, but that you know people can get piled in on for stuff, and 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 I have yeah. been in the past, and it's a, it's an incredibly unpleasant experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not yeah I, it's it's not that like it's going to stop your career or anything but if you're like a sensitive person that can like affect you I think quite a lot if like you've got lots of people just like slaying slaying you for stuff guys I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna push it yeah, so to... impressions right sorry yes impressions um I'm gonna I'm gonna push it to uh to final judgments on impressions 
We've talked about a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah, we talked about... God, this is... A, we've talked about race. We've talked about power. Yeah, let's just go quick around the houses. Do you like impressions? Just you'd be, be a bit rich of you to say you don't like impressions, but I'm, I'm interested to see what you actually think. Wow, that's a loaded way of jumping into it. I don't know. <laughs> I think... Uh, I like elements of impressions. Okay. Is, is that... Is qualified. That right? Qualified. qualified. Like, yeah, we'll okay, allow it. Um, I like. No, that's good. I like it as a yeah. I like it as like a building block for something more interesting. That's what I'd say. Okay, but you got to have more behind it. Got yeah, it. I think got so. It. They're not okay. good enough in and of themselves, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Ooh. But that's as a, a practitioner, not a consumer. Because yeah. <laughs> I okay. actually love listening to other people's impressions. Oh. Hugh, impressions. Yes yeah, or impression, no? Impressions are great. Impressions are great. They're funny, and I like them. And when they're done well, but like, listen, that comes right down to everything. Are there bad impressions? Yeah, sure. But they don't get put on YouTube, so I like them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, they absolutely they do. do get put I'll on YouTube. You. <laughs> they do. Just ask Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> oh, my God. So is that, is that two for yes? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I don't even need to ask you, Will. So no. uh, we're good. We're good. It's legitimate like. Will, um, what would James Acaster say, Will, about yeah. uh, impressions? I hate them, hate them with all my heart. With all my heart, I hate them. It wasn't that was good. pretty good. That was, that was pretty good. good. That was an impression of Josh's impression. Yeah, I, I thought that was fair play to you. Uh, I, I, I thought that was really great, man. I loved it. I hate them so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny, the nasal quality. I didn't quite realise. Yeah, it's sort of a... Well, it's weird. You know what's funny about him? Actually, this is something I, find, I do find really interesting about impressions, is the way that people's voices change. So... At the start of his career, you watch James Acaster in like mm. 2010, I think he's doing Russell Howard's Good News. Was it? James no, Acaster's tour. Uh, yeah, right. But he's, he's, um, he comes out and he's like, Hello, pleased to meet you. I'm, I'm, I'm James. Um, I'm from Kitchen. Uh, and his voice is so much lower. And then, you know, gradually, whatever's happened, although he's just got more <laughs> confident or whatever, he's just uh, found his style. It all becomes way more <laughs> shrill, man. And it's like, wow, fair play. Well, speaking of voices that have changed, I guess Al Pacino, like young Al Pacino to old Al Pacino, you're doing two very different impressions there. He's very yeah. reserved. You know, don't don't ever ask me about my family's business, Kate. You know, at the start, and then and then it's a deep throaty. You mm, know, getting Michaels here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not. Here we are. Let's, 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 let's hear the, the go for it. Go for the it. three acts of Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino. <laughs> you, three acts. you got his middle age, which is you could get shot walking your doggy, <laughs> which good. he says in Heat. And uh, then what, an older, or Al Pacino even playing an older Al Pacino in The Godfather, mm. which is, uh, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. And that's just Sylvia from The Godfather, do, or from Sopranos doing it. But that's okay. <laughs> Josh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, people always ask me, so it's funny, I just think, I just say, that. Don't, you know, if people care, they'll look it out. If you don't already follow Josh, you should follow Josh. He's very funny. Well, yeah, come to my tour if you want. But also, I, you know, I don't want you there if you don't want to be there. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. I haven't been yet. Yeah. So. We absolutely want listeners who don't want to be here. Yeah. Okay. Well, just don't come to my tour and listen to this. That's that's the best way to do it. Mm. But it's not even that good. It's, it's um it's you know, see me in like five to six years when I'm, I'll probably be quite good at that point. But... <laughs> Yeah. Don't see the now. thing about Japanese people, right? Yeah, I'll be like, hey, have you seen some of these Japanese people recently? Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I've really enjoyed I particularly enjoyed the conversation about race and cancel culture. Sorry, I know I was probably steering it away from I just found that so interesting. No, absolutely. It was great. Normally I ask Hugh or Will to uh to, to kind of close the, the show out, but Josh, could you, if you could dial up the uh the Love Island voiceover? Oh, you want me to, to finish see us that? Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Okay. Tonight on the Legitimate Likes Podcast, we've covered all kinds of areas, mate. From race to impressions to cancel culture. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe so you can hear future episodes wherever you get your podcasts normally. If you enjoy it, then get in touch with either Hugh or Will. Thank you. And see you next time, mate. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.